Welcome to War Room, the official podcast of the U.S. Army War College Online Journal, graciously supported by the Army War College Foundation. Please join the conversation at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. We hope you enjoy the program. Make sure not to miss a single podcast and subscribe to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite subscription service. The views expressed in this presentation are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of the U.S. Army War College, U.S. Army, or Department of Defense. Welcome to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast. I'm Ron Granary, professor of history at the Department of National Security and Strategy at the U.S. Army War College and podcast editor of The War Room. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Perhaps the most visible part of the U.S. Army War College is its residential program in which nearly 400 students come to Carlisle Barracks for a 10-month program, leading to a master's degree in strategic studies. But there is more to the War College than the residential program. Nearly twice as many students enroll in the War College's distance education program, earning the same degree over two years while continuing their day jobs. Here at A Better Peace, we consider it part of our mission to help members of the national security community understand the theory and practice of professional military education. And thus, we think it's important to introduce everyone to what we call here at the War College DDE, or the Department of Distance Education. This is the third in a series of discussions about the War College's DDE and its place within professional military education. For these conversations, we have always gone right to the top, to the chair of the department, Colonel Heather Smigowski. And we also have with us two recent graduates of the DDE program, Colonel Mark Almond and Colonel David Paravecchia. Colonel Heather Smigowski is an Army strategist and chair of the Department of Distance Education at the U.S. Army War College. She is a 2020 graduate of the War College Distance Education Program and has also received a Bachelor of Arts from Western Michigan University and Master's Degrees from Clayton College of Natural Health and Regent University and received her Doctor of Philosophy in Industrial Organizational Psychology from Capella University. Colonel Mark Almond is a 2022 DDE graduate of the U.S. Army War College. Mark is a member of the North Carolina National Guard, currently serving as Deputy United States Property and Fiscal Officer and North Carolina National Guard Strategic Policy and Plans Officer. He lives in Apex, North Carolina, with his wife, Holly, his two children, Faith and Hope, and two Westies, Liberty and Winter. Colonel Dave Paravecchia is a 2021 DDE graduate of the U.S. Army War College, currently serving as a JLAS elective faculty instructor with the Army War College Department of Distance Education. He is also a DOD civilian with the Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency. Dave lives in Northern Virginia with his wife, Kendra, and two children, Aiden, who is a midshipman at the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy, and Ainsley, who is in high school. Welcome to A Better Peace, colleagues. Thank you. you. So, Heather, I want to start with you, uh, uh, both because because you outrank all of us and because you uh, uh, and and because and because you are the uh, uh, you are the the guiding spirit of DDE. Our topic for this uh, discussion is basically DDE life. What's it like to actually do it? Um, And so I wanted to give you a chance to start us off by telling us your story. Thanks, Ron. Um, My story actually is not any different than any of my other degrees I've been through. It was, you know, difficult. It took a lot of time, uh, really took a lot of thought and energy. And yet at the same time, it's amazing when you come out on the other side of it and realize how rewarding it actually was. 
So I'd like to just share really quickly that um, when I started out in the program, since it is a two-year program, I ended up changing jobs halfway between. So I was in one job during my first year, and I was in another job during my second year. And it was not the first year that was complicated. I was just doing my day job, doing the night school thing. It didn't really matter that much. It wasn't that difficult. When I moved into my job halfway through, though, um, I went to uh, the joint staff. I started in a in an area that I had never really had a lot of experience with, on the, which was the J-5. And I was starting to go to National Security Council meetings. And so one of the things that I did when, as soon as I realized I had learned about that during my first year in the program. So I was able to go back to my lesson on the National Security Council, pull up that information, and that was what set me up for success as I started my new job during my second year of the program. And so that was one of the things that really made me think about what we could do here for the podcast today is talk about how it really does help you while you're in your current job how it sets you up for success for afterwards, and then how you also have those link linkages back to the, the faculty, being able to get whatever information you have when you realize that it was something that was really important, really helpful. You just can't quite remember what it was that you learned because you were learning so much in such a short time. Um, but it really set me up for success when I was able to go back to my lessons on that. See, that's terrific. And I guess that that is what makes being in the distance program unique in the sense that for students who are in the residential program, right, it is their full-time job to be here at school, whereas you were working at the same time as you were in school. So therefore, it was a, these were things moving on parallel tracks, which then- Yes, and we, you know, we get many uh, instances of students coming back saying, I am using the material right now in my current job. And I think that's one of the most rewarding parts of hearing that because we hear, of course, a lot of the stressors. We hear how difficult it is for several students. But when students come back and add those positive effects, saying how much they're using the information, how critical it was for this point in their career, I think that's where we can learn the most from each other. Mm -hmm. That's great. And so for for you, uh, Mark and Dave, uh, the two of you, uh, are, are uh, we were talking during the preparation, right, that you were doing a, a triple play. So you're both members of the Guard Reserve and DDE students and I guess have, uh, uh, for you, Dave, certainly, right, have a civilian job as well. And so trying to manage those, keep all those balls in the air must be one of the real challenges. Um, I hope we'll get to that in our conversation, but I want to give each of you a chance to say something to start off about your DDE experiences. So we'll start with you, Mark. Hey, Ron. Thanks. I appreciate it. So uh, my DDE experience, you know, I, I felt like it was just the natural progression for, for the next professional military education that I had. I remember being a captain and a major and hearing about uh, my my senior leaders going to the, the war college and then being on deployments and having folks in the war college and going back to Carlisle for uh, their, their two week first resident or second resident course. And so, um, you know, everybody knows that it's difficult. Everybody knows that the war college is challenging. Um, and I, I feel like that my time management experience um, or my time management skills have always been a strength and going through the, the two-year program just re-emphasized that. Um, I, at the time, I had um, 
two daughters, uh, both in one in eighth grade, one in high school, and we were prepping for college and the other one going to high school. And the DDE program was the right fit for me and our mm-hmm. family lifestyle. That's so uh, experiencing the two year program and setting the, um, you know, that time management skills and whether it was a vacation or a dance competition trip during a forum or visiting a college, you know, I always had my, uh, my war college um, to-do list to complete each day and, you know, just setting that time management, of, you know, it was definitely a balancing act um, for the, 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 the course. Um, but it was once I got it after like two, two or three classes in, I had that battle rhythm and I just stuck to it. That's great. And Dave, how did you, how did you feel? How did you ease into or, or not ease into the, uh, the, the schedule of the DDE? Yeah. So, uh, so thanks, Ron. I, I had some experience. I mean, I, I got my master's degree when I was a captain on active duty. Um, and I did it distance because it was the best way to do my job. I was stationed at West Point at the time. Um, and I was doing law enforcement there. And so I was kind of used to the online kind of process of, of doing it, further education. And I actually waited. I had made 06 in 2017 and then made the decision to do the Army War College in 2019. And even my wife was like, I'm not quite sure what you're doing. You know, you're a GS-15 in the civilian side. You're an 06 on the military side. Why are you deciding to take on this bear for two years? And and I think much like Mark had mentioned, it was a personal goal of mine. I just always figured that once I got to this rank, it was something you did. Um, and it was something I wanted to have on my resume. And as a government civilian, um, when you look at the decision to maybe become an SES or a DISL someday, you know, I think the Army War College is a discriminator. And so this was something that I could leverage both in my uniform persona, but also in my civilian persona. And, and much like Mark had also mentioned, it's, it's just about time management. We had recently moved into a new house we were remodeling. Um, COVID hit right from 19 to 21. Um, you know, I had just taken a job with, I was standing up the Army's Insider Threat Hub um, and then also serving on the joint staff, as Heather mentioned, uh, in, in my career. So there was a lot of juggling, um, but you figure out a way to make it work. And I remember oftentimes on vacations reading about Eisenhower while I'm sitting on the beach and the kids are in the ocean and, uh, and, and many other photos and, and things that I probably make fun of today. But it was just a way you did life. Well, both of you, actually all three of you, sound a little bit like people who are uh, seem to be kind of responsibility junkies here, right? Finding more things to do. Um, uh, when you spoke to your co- to your classmates, your colleagues, or when you interact with them, did you find that they also were deciding, "Oh well, my life is already real busy. I've got, I've got, I have one teenager, and I couldn't imagine taking a night class with a teenager and t- and my day job." But did did your classmates um, um, fit this pattern as well in your experience? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, we had, uh, you know. You know, the way the DDE program is set up, you have that first year seminar and then you break up into another seminar for the second year, um, you know, with seeing the different leadership strategies from from folks and corresponding with folks that are all across the country and the world. Um, and, you know, we set a, a day, a, a weekly event uh, where some or all of us would get together. And for the most part, we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. the uh, 
the curriculum, but then we went into life and what's going on with each other and to, to better learn about what's, uh, what, what our classmates are going through and help each other through some work crises that they were going through. So it wasn't just about uh, the course. It was about, you know, meeting people, uh, collaborating and building partnerships with uh, fellow classmates so that, you know, continue that relationship uh, after post, uh, post-completion of the class. Right. Yeah, and I would say the same thing, Ron. I, I got lucky enough to be in a JPME2 awarding seminar throughout the first and second year. And so I had a very big mix. It wasn't just Army between Air Force and civilians in my class both years. Uh, and so much as Mark mentioned, there was a lot of kind of camaraderie about shared experience, what was going on in our personal lives. Um, and many of the folks that I wound up working with, I still talk to today because we were in similar industries and similar defense agencies, and uh, we continue to collaborate uh, up until this point. Interesting. What uh, what surprised you most? Like, well, actually, let me actually let me before I we go to the surprise. Um, uh, Dave, you mentioned that you had experience with uh, distance education for your master's degree. Um, Mark, did you have any experience with? distance education before this, but also then when you did it, was there anything about the DDE experience at the war college that you found surprising or unusual? So I, I did complete my master's through an online program as you well, okay. um, a distant learning back in uh, 2008. So it'd been um, about 12 years since I had oh. been a, uh, an academic student again. So um, I'll say what surprised me the most about um, the DDE War College was the amount of material that the faculty could generate on a specific topic that really made you interested in that topic Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. so than you thought you ever would be. Um, I would pick up a book and I'd be like, there's absolutely no way I'm going to enjoy anything in here. And then about, eight lines in, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I want to read more. Why are they only making me read 10 pages of this (laughs) chapter and skipping a hundred pages and reading something else? I want to read this hundred pages, but I don't have the time. So I I think that was the, one of the most surprising things is it just the, how every little bit of information in your assignments was, you know, tied together towards the coursework. I promise I'll pass that along to my colleagues uh, who, who do the classes that I do. And uh, you know, future students, if they want to complain about the reading load, will say, here's the address of Colonel Mark Almond. So uh, Dave, what about you? What surprised you most about the whole experience? Yeah. So I think the funny story that I like to tell people is I actually almost failed out of war college before I even got started. Uh, so I went to the orientation. They give you a practice paper to write. I wrote the practice paper and I scored a two. I took the how to write better course, uh, rewrote the paper and scored a one, right? And so going into my first class at the Army War College, I honestly thought my War College experience was over. Um, Wow. And so so I think to go from trying to fix my brain housing group to learn how to write the way the Army War College wanted me to write. And in fact, I set up an Excel spreadsheet where I would break down in each line how I was expected to write the opening paragraph, the middle paragraphs, the arguments, the counter arguments, and the closure. So I made sure I hit everything in that first paper in like DE 2301 or whatever it might have been. Um, so I would say to go from almost failing out of the war college in orientation 
to now I'm a faculty instructor for one of the electives, I think just shows progress over a two to three year course. I'd say that's that's a that's a pretty solid piece of evidence there. Um, yeah, so, that's right. It does work. So when you so um, have you have you ever graded a paper and you shake your head and say, "Oh my gosh, this is terrible. I think I have a future JLAS instructor in front of me." But I, I had actually had a grade papers this year. Uh, and so this was the first time they entrusted me to do so. And so uh, it was a great experience. That's terrific. Well, and, and so that idea about the, the, the sort of surprise or the, uh, you know, having to figure out you know, what it means to be confronted with the amount and the type of work that you have to do, right? I, I, that is a, that's a fascinating aspect of you go in, you know that you're choosing to do this, but you don't know what it's going to be like until you do it. Um, and so is there one thing that you would want to, let's say you, you bumped into somebody today outside in, in Apex or in, Northern, in, or in Northern Virginia, and they said, hey, I'm going to uh, start the distance education um, at the Army War College. What's the first thing you would say to that person? I'll go with you first, Dave. Yeah, so it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, I've had that. Mm -hmm. um, I have a couple of colleagues here in the area that after actually seeing me go through it, and come out the other side, they've decided to do it. Uh, the only thing I, I always tell them is time management is key, mm -hmm. right? Everybody has something going on in their life. You're no different. So you just kind of got to own it going into it um, that you're going to have to balance. And it totally is a total family effort uh, going in because everybody has to give up a little something to help you get through the education process. And then the other piece is that, you know, the first year is tough. Uh, I think, you know, we Mark talked about the amount of reading and stuff. And so I think it takes the first year to adapt to what everybody's looking for. The second year I felt like was much easier. And so I just tell people, don't ring the bell, right? Hang in there and get through the first year. And I think the second year you'll find is a little bit better of a glide. That's very, that's a nice way to put it. Don't ring the bell. Mark, what do you think? What would you, what would you tell that student in Apex? Yeah, so fortunately, here in uh, the North Carolina National Guard, when uh, we find out about uh, about six or eight months before uh, the um, orientation course, so you start finding people that have been to the War College recently because we're small. I mean, we're we're ten thousand folks strong, but uh, mm -hmm. you're a small group of us have uh, you know completed the War College that are currently still. At, um, participating in the guard and so you you reach out and you kind of hey what's this dde war college thing about and like oh you're gonna enjoy this um, mm -hmm. but what i would say asa uh learn asa and they're like what's that i actually have on my dry erase board because i get some i get enough people coming and talk to me about what asa is and how to write it so i'm like if you follow this you will succeed uh and so that's that's the first thing I say, and I'll, I'll echo what Dave said uh, about you know the not ringing the bell. Um, I agree uh, that once you get through first year, your your second year is a lot easier, but you're also that much closer to the finish line. You you see mm -hmm. when you're going to be done, um, yeah. and. I participated in JLAS. I know Dave's an instructor, faculty instructor now. Um, and I realized that I was going to be finished even sooner than mm -hmm. my peers were by participating in my, the JLAS elective. So I, I highly encourage uh, the use of it. In fact, I recruited a resident student uh, into this year's JLAS program and uh, somebody that's graduating in uh, the DDE 23 class uh, into JLAS. So um, I think that was a, a vital part of completing the program as well. 
that's great. So in in uh, in, in the interests of uh, uh, demystifying army acronyms for those people who aren't who don't know them. So Mark, what's what Mark? I'm going to ask you what is ASA, and I'm going to ask Dave to say what's JLAS. Oh, you had to ask me what ASA is. Uh, it's you know, it's been a year since I've actually utilized. We can it always we can days. always ask Heather. She's here too, right? Yeah, I think that would better be better to go to Heather because uh, I might not re- get them get them exact analyze. Uh, <laughs> she's, Heather, Heather we'll let you. We'll let you uh, what, what's amusing is Heather is Heather is holding up a note. She obviously she's she is an instructor at heart. She's trying to help her her, her students graduate. Yeah, I can't see it. You know, Heather. She's, when, Heather Go ahead. So when I teach my students, um, I, I teach an elective, an, an ethics elective um, for the uh, distance students. And so that is one of the things I always pull out to them. And that's why I have it right here on my computer. You make an assertion, you provide supporting evidence, and then you analyze. analyze. So right. it's basically a five paragraph essay when we were all taught that back in grade school. But now you're doing a five sentence paragraph and so mm-hmm. you just combine that into one paragraph. See, that's so good I don't stuff. have it on a note card. It's on my dry erase board in my office. You know, <laughs> in permanent markers. So. In permanent marker, no less. Oh man, that's 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 commitment right there. That's right. So Dave, so JLAS is a uh, is an Army War College uh, uh, program. Uh, what's it stand for? So first, I wish I had Heather as my first year instructor with my paper because <laughs> maybe I would have done better in the orientation. Uh, so. JLAS is the Joint Land, Air, and Sea Strategic uh, Elective or Exercise. Um, it, it encompasses looking at a number of different things across the geographical combatant commands uh, 10 years in the future, um, but incorporates a lot of the current events that we're dealing with today. And it builds as the elective builds over a couple months, and then we culminate with all the other war colleges, NDU, Air War College, Naval War College. In fact, now we have Chilean War College, the Swedish War College, and a number of our other foreign partners uh, that come in and assist. And and it's a great learning experience. It's a great using real-world practicum um, to solve real-world or at least try to solve real-world problems. I I think the War College is great because it uses World War II as a good foundation, right, our last kind of large scale, full country mobilization to go, uh, you know, fight, fight a problem overseas. This is one of the few places where you use more of a contemporary today's problems and mm-hmm. you allow students to play the role of the National Security Council and developing national policy and trying to solve uh, national and global issues. And so you culminate then with an exercise that includes uh, literally dozens of people. I mean, how many would it be between the elective and the uh, and the other schools and the uh, uh, I and think the international partners? Yeah, Ron, I think it's probably well over sixty students, mm-hmm. um, even this yeah. year. So, to Mark's point, when I was at War College, I, I got asked to do JLAS as a DD student. I was only one of five people where that were selected as a pilot, and then that mm-hmm. turned into like six to eight students. For DH, we created part of the DHS hybrid environment. Mark was part of in that year, part of what was the Southcom kind of GCC that was all DDE students. And then this year again, the DHS cell grew a little bit bigger. I think the Southcom cell grew just a little bit bigger. Uh, and so we've had a very good commitment of DDE students in this elective. But obviously, all the full-time resident students, both civilian, military, and now as we get more of the international war colleges involved, um, we could be up to probably over 100, I would probably think, maybe by next year. I think JAWS is joining us next year 
uh, out in Norfolk and they're going to be mm -hmm. the OSD cell. That's terrific. Well, and, and, and it just gives you an idea about the sorts of things, right? It's going back to our first program in the series when Heather pointed out that uh, DDE at the War College has gone, we've come a long way from the box of books and a list of writing assignments uh, model of correspondence school. Um, and this is one of the ways we do it. And that gets me to, um, to the, the issue of how did you find the technological challenges of managing both synchronous and asynchronous education? during your um, experiences. Uh, you know, we're doing this, for, for those of you who are listening, right? we, we record our podcasts remotely through, a, uh, through an online platform. So how often did you have synchronous discussions in DDE? And, um, but when you didn't, how did you maintain connection with your classmates and with your instructors? We'll start with you, Mark. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, we mentioned earlier that COVID started, so I think my was my class was the first class that didn't um, complete orientation in person or oh, first right. resident course in person. Mm -hmm. uh, so the technological barriers were addressed right up front for every class. Um, we did have asynchronous meetings, uh, and we had a very strong supported. Uh, cast um, showing from each of our uh, my seminars for the asynchronous events. So uh, it actually honestly wasn't that much of a challenge um, because it was going on in the community at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so work was going to remote work. Uh, the DDE program just kind of fell right into that. Uh, so I was able, I had my office set up in my house. Um, I worked. And then, you know, at night when I would do war college readings, I, uh, you know, closed one computer, opened another and uh, focused on uh, the war college. Because I do, I will say that I did separate, you know, church and state here. Um, so my work computer was work computer. And then I had another separate computer that I did all war college on. I didn't combine the two. Um, so that, that, that would have been the uh, so I didn't find it a challenge or a barrier. I felt it was just a, a natural flow and primarily because COVID was going on. Sure. I mean, it's ironic. My first year teaching in the resident program at the War College was academic year 20. So starting in the fall of 19 and then in the spring of 20 comes COVID and we had to make an adjustment. And so I, I ended up learning a lot from my DDE colleagues, both because at the end of that year and into the following year, right, suddenly we were working uh, various remote platforms uh, into our uh, instruction. How about you, Dave? How was your sort of technological uh, experience in DDE? Yeah, so I think uh, much of the same. I mean, we all, I was also encountered COVID um, throughout my war college experience. I was able to do orientation in person, uh, but not the first year resident. Uh, it wasn't until second year that I actually finally, we all physically got together. Uh, much like Mark, I'm, I'm used to using a lot of the VTC where associated with the government in order to do mm -hmm. discussions with other agencies and stuff across the government. And so I think it was just natural. I thought MS Teams was great um, once we were able to get that fully on board as a better platform um, than, let's say, Blackboard and some of the other things we were trying to do uh, in order to collaborate. But I did feel like we did it a lot. And, and whether it was on the phone or whether it was Teams, you know, cameras on, cameras off, uh, it, it was a great use of technology and a great time to, to really come together and, and make the DDE course feel more like a resident course um, with just mm -hmm. the amount of conversations back and forth. 
Right. And, and so we're, we're approaching the end of this conversation, but I, uh, the question of what DDE has done for you since, or, you know, your connection to it, like Dave, clearly the fact that you managed to uh, impress your instructors so much that they decided that they wanted to keep you around, right. That's, that's a big win right there. Um, uh, uh, how did you find, how did you make that transition? Did you, um, when did you decide that you would actually be up for the prospect of being an instructor in DDE? And, and, um, you know, granted the boss is sitting right here next to you, right? I'm sure it's been a great experience, but, uh, um, is it something that you would be interested in continuing to do if you could? Uh, yeah, so absolutely. And, and Heather and I had talked about this when it was first, uh, <laughs> kind of thrown out there as an idea. And so after I graduated, it was pitched, but I wanted to finish my third year on the joint staff. Uh, so mm-hmm. I actually was an assistant faculty instructor, uh, last year, and I actually did it on my own dime. And so ah. I, I did it kind of as a hobby. And Heather was kind enough to bring me on ADOS orders for the exercise so I could complete that year. And then when I finished my third year on the joint step, uh, we were able to find a way for me to come on board and actually be assigned to the War Colleges at DEMA to continue being a faculty instructor. And so with 27 years in the Army, you know, I, I, I never know what the Army has planned for me, but, you know, Dave's plan is to probably continue to be an instructor as long as Heather will have me until I MRD here in another three years. Roger that. Okay. And, and um, Mark, I was curious, were you, were you all, you were already in the, the North Carolina guard, you did DDE and remained in the guard. So the, the, in that sense, right, the, there's, the, there's been less of a transition, I guess, but, uh, but, you know, how does it feel to be on the other side of the DDE experience? Yeah, so I am a dual status technician, so that's why I get to wear the uniform uh, uh-huh. every day and um, you know work full time for the guard, and uh, so I'm able to tie everything I learned from the DDE program right into you know some of the full time work that I do uh, specifically and. Uh, like operational design, you know, we just worked on a, a vision for 2040 and used operational design as part of the uh, the, the framework for how we, um, you know, completed that. Uh, deal with geographical combatant commands on a regular basis with the state partnership program. Uh, we have two two state partners in Moldova and Botswana that we deal uh, both with UCOM and AFRICOM. They both have different processes for completing, uh, allowing us to do engagements. Uh, so we go through. Uh, handling the interagency partners on a regular basis. And from, from a guard perspective, we also work with our state partners mm-hmm. uh, all the time. So that's where I'll go back to uh, saying how JLAS kind of completed my uh, war college career uh, with a, a culminating event, for a lack of better words. But dealing with the various uh, national security agencies and organizations and geographic commands and the students that were involved there, I I apply every day with uh, developing relationships and partnerships with the various agencies that we deal with on a, on a, on an ongoing basis. you know, whether it's an active duty division J five or geographical command, like I mentioned, elected officials offices uh, or NGB or any of the uh, state emergency management folks that we work with on a regular basis. That's great. And so, so final question for, for all three of you, what's the best book that you read in DDE and why is it Thucydides, the Peloponnesian War? It's definitely Thucydides because everything (laughs) ties back to Thucydides. I could, in fact, I could probably map anything my children have done to something in Thucydides. So I agree with you, Ron, that is definitely the best book I read. 
Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. Heather knows that I'm I'm the course director for Theories of War and Strategy. So, of course, making people read Thucydides is kind of my job. But uh, Mark, I, 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 I still put- say that it's at the top of my list of books I'm going to read one day. <laughs> Uh, that was the one that I wasn't disappointed in that we skipped pages. It's like, oh, okay, that's right. I'll handle that. I, I, I can do that. That's that is perfectly fair. And as you I, can I'd see, say the art of war, you know, ooh, the, you know, little Sun Tzu yeah. there. Yeah, little right. Sun Tzu. That works. Well, uh, speaking of the art of war, speaking of the art of professional military education, um, I hope that everybody listening can understand that people can, people do, uh, not only survive the distance education program, but they actually come out pretty happy with the whole experience, right? Studying not, uh, they visit Carlisle Barracks, but they spend most of their time studying, as they say, in Fort Living Room and manage to uh, and manage to get through the experience. And uh, I want to thank I want to thank Mark Almond, I want to thank Dave Paravecchia, and I definitely want to thank Heather Smigowski for joining us here on A Better Peace to talk about DDE. So thanks so much for coming on and good luck uh, in your future endeavors. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us. us. Yep. And thanks to all of you for listening in. Please uh, uh, send us your comments on this program and all the programs and send us your suggestions for future programs. We're always interested in hearing from you. Please take a moment and subscribe to A Better Peace on your podcatcher of choice because, come on, after a conversation like this, how would you not want to subscribe to A Better Peace? And after you have subscribed to A Better Peace please take a moment and rate and review this podcast because that's the best way for other people to find out about us because we're always interested in growing the community for conversations like this one. This conversation's over, but we look forward to welcoming you in the future. And so until next time, from the War Room, I'm Ron Granary. And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening. The views expressed in this podcast reflect those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views, policies, or positions of the U.S. Army or the Department of Defense. Let us know what you think. Provide us your feedback, comments, or suggestions through our webpage at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. And have a great day.